Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, Mr Pat McCormack, ICMSA National President, on the recently published CSO figures. Miss Helena Sullivan, Beef Plan Vice Chairperson for the Cork Region and also PRO, on her letter published in Agriland just recently. Hannah Quinn Mulligan, on the huge variation in County Council development charges across the nation. But first, Mr. Coleman Purcell, Chief Feed Nutritionist, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, our sponsor on factors influencing body condition score in cows. Coleman, welcome to the programme. Our topic today, management of body condition score between calving and breeding. Thank you, John. Um, just um, a couple of targets there that um, we ought to be uh, worried about, I would suggest, uh, when we are managing cows in this period Um, First of all, we need to feed the cow in the most economical way that we can, Um, but we need to limit body condition score loss uh, between calving and breeding to not more than a half a condition score. Uh, And secondly, we need to set the cow up uh, in order to achieve a high peak milk yield. So why these targets? Well, body condition score management is really targeting fertility and how we manage body condition score now will have a very large effect on the breeding performance later on. We know that body condition score loss post-calving is inevitable, but it's very important to limit it. So we know that cows that lose more than a half a body condition score between calving and the start of breeding are slower to ovulate and to have poorer conception rate to first service. Um, and conception rate and submission rate both of which are affected by excessive body weight loss, are key determinants of the six-week in calf rate. And data from Chagask tells us that every one percentage unit improvement in the six-week in calf rate is worth €8.22 per cow per day. So there are really large gains in profitability uh, to limiting body condition score loss to not more than a half a score uh, between calving and breeding. So in terms of peak milk yield, uh, it's regarded as an important um, predictor uh, or determinant of the total lactation yield, with each extra kilo of milk at peak producing an extra 200 kilos approximately over the entire lactation. So at the end of the day, it's milk, or maybe more accurately milk solids, is what generates income. So we should strive to maximise the milk output. 
Are we currently achieving these targets you set out, in your opinion? In many cases, yes, but we have a, a very significant number of producers where indications are uh, cows are losing excessive levels of body condition score. So just by way of explaining, when a cow loses a weight, which is largely body fat, uh, no different to any other animal or indeed ourselves, we can visibly see the effects of the, um, on the animal's body. Body condition scoring is just a means of, of putting figures for comparison purposes on this assessment of body condition. However, by the time the visual changes appear in a cow, so for example, by the time we see some rib showing, um, the cow will have lost a lot of body fat. The protein content of milk and the fat to protein ratio of the milk, in my opinion, are much more immediate or current indicators of the body condition score. We can measure uh, and we can see these indicators changing long before changes in body condition score become visible or indeed measurable. Um, and diets that don't meet the energy requirement of the cow result in low milk protein contents. So that's a key fact and something that we should bear in mind. In early lactation, herd proteins, and these are the key figures to remember, herd proteins below 3.05 or 3.1 are regarded as being levels that ought to be of concern to us. Personally, I would generally react when proteins get any lower than 3.2. In terms of fat to protein ratios, uh, where the fat to protein ratio is greater than 1.4 to 1, these are of concern to us. So, for example, if you had a butter fat of 4.5 and a protein of 3.15, that gives a ratio of uh, 1.43 is to 1. So, what's that telling us? Well, it's really telling us two things. Number one, that the diet is low in energy. And number two, that the cow is responding to that lack of energy or she's compensating by using body fat as an energy source instead, and hence the unusually high fat content of the milk. So we know from society milk records and recent phone calls indeed from suppliers that there are many cases in the past week or two where milk proteins come in below the minimum protein targets that we just spoke about. And very worryingly, we have a very significant number of test results under 31 in the last week alone. Uh, even more worrying than that is the large proportion of these results that are actually below 3%, indicating really excessive body weight loss in these cows. If we don't achieve those targets, what can be done, Coleman, to redress the situation where we aren't meeting the BCS body condition score uh, targets. Obviously, a lot of people will be successful, but for people listening who feel they aren't achieving the correct results and the targets, and you refer to the situation which recently has developed in certain cases, what can we do to redress the situation where it's not uh, performing to target? Well, John, what we need to do is we need really to maximise the energy intake in the most economical way that we can. Uh, now, this will always involve grass, which is our cheapest and highest quality forage. Um, where grass cannot be grazed, uh, be it because of ground conditions or indeed, as we saw recently, because of weather conditions, um, we must feed cows on a high energy diet indoors. So indoors, the basal forage is always, largely speaking, going to be grass silage. But this is a relatively low energy forage. And certainly in the dairy gold area, we know from our own results that the average net energy content 
of dairy gold silages in the last year is in the order of 0.77 UFLs per kilo dry matter. So when we compare this to fresh grass, um, we suppose that the net energy value of that material is around one UFL per kilo dry matter. So we can see that there's a large deficit between the two forages. On top of that, the intake potential of fresh grass is also significantly higher than grass silage. And this compounds the effect of the energy deficit. So generally in the south of Ireland, cows get out early uh, by day early after calving. Our feeding recommendations for cows indoors tend to account for this early turnout. However, this spring, because of delayed turnout, cows have spent a longer period indoors on grass silage diets with the inevitable fat loss uh, that you get on these diets, especially over long periods of feeding indoors. Um, in situations like this, we need to supplement cows well to minimise body weight uh, loss. We actually find in many situations where we find very low levels of milk protein that cows need an additional two to two and a half kilos of concentrate or its equivalent in order to bring cows energy balance back to more management uh, levels. Now where grass is available, our ground conditions allow, we should try to replace some of the grass silage with grass as soon as possible. Um, obviously in a situation like this we can reduce the concentrate allowance but again we need to be guided by the grass allocation per cow per day uh, at the cow's milk yield and we need to be monitoring the the fat and protein levels in the milk daily as a guide to the cow's body condition score uh, changes now you touched on protein you just uh, mentioned protein there in your last segment is the protein level of the concentrate important vis-a-vis -vis with regard to body condition management Okay, so protein is a very important nutrient for the cow in its own right. Um, we generally recommend, in terms of concentrate crude protein levels, uh, an 18% concentrate indoors on a grass silage diet. Um, we tend to recommend around 16% when the cows are out by day, um, and then falling to 14% when the cows are out full-time because they're on a basal forage, i.e. grass, which has a very high level of crude protein in it in itself. Um, protein in the diet, in the overall diet, tends to stimulate milk production, but often at the expense of uh, body condition from the cow. So we don't want too much protein in there either. From a body condition score point of view, really the energy density of the concentrate and the feeding level of the concentrate are the vital elements, much more so than the crude protein density of the concentrate. Um, for a full range of feeding recommendations, I would say to suppliers that they should contact their local ASM, uh, or I can also refer people to Liam Stack's article in the March issue of Milk Matters, uh, which was out very recently. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Coleman. Mr. Coleman Purcell, Senior Feed Nutritionist at Dairy Gold Co-op. If you had to summarise the main points in our conversation regarding management of body condition score between calving and breeding, Coleman. OK, well, I, I would say you, you could probably summarise it in two bullet points. I would say that we need to, on a daily basis, monitor body condition score by watching the milk um, fat and protein levels and their ratios and bullet point number two then would be that we need to react very quickly to deficits in energy 
by increasing the energy level of the diet where possible bringing grass into the diet is the cheapest way of doing that if we can do that the fallback position is usually some additional concentrate and from our experience in cases where milk protein levels fall below the targets um, we would generally recommend one to two kilos extra per cow per day maybe up to even two and a half kilos extra per cow per day um, and these are generalizations Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Coleman Purcell, Senior Feed Nutritionist with the Dairy Gold Co-op based in Lombardstown near Mallow. Thank you, Coleman, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. You're welcome. The article on March Dairy Nutrition referred to by Coleman Purcell in our conversation, that article by Liam Stack, Ruminant, Technical Manager, Dairy Gold, is in the Issue 85 March 2020 edition of Milk Matters magazine. There are three full pages with diagrams and full information regarding March Dairy Nutrition, written by Mr. Liam Stack, Ruminant Technical Manager, Dairy Gold. It discusses various points such as intake potential, energy, UFL intake, and other aspects of March Dairy Nutrition. Issue 85, March 2020, Milk Matters magazine, supporting sustainable farming and available from all Dairy Gold outlets. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Pat McCormack, the National President of ICMSA, the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association. Pat, welcome to the programme. Now, regarding the CSO agriculture income figures and pressures on farmers, despite Irish farmers managing to produce 3.3% more in volume terms in the year just gone, 2019, they received 0.7% less in value terms for their efforts. Yes, John and your listeners will be well aware if they're farming that, you know, the reality of it is farmers have been asked or the necessity is out there on farm to do more, to do more to try and stabilise one's income or to maintain one's income. But the reality of it is that we struggle even even doing more uh, to, to, to do that. Uh, you know, the figures show an increase of well over 3% in productivity and at the same time show a negative as regards income. Um, you know, it reinforces our view that farm, farm families are being asked to do more for less. So that's unsustainable economically, socially and environmentally going forward. Uh, you know, and, and it has to change whether the primary producer gets a fair price for his or her product. We're talking to you as president of the Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association, I seem to say. But at the same time, of course, you're aware of problems in the beef sector. You say the CSO figures underlined 2019 as a hugely difficult year for the beef sector, with the value of output down by 104 million compared to the year previous, 2018, despite a 2% increase in volume and down in massive and money terms, 206 million euro down on the 2017 levels. In fairness, that's right. Um, no one would have expected potentially with the protests and that them have been uh, the output. But the reality of it is that the volumes going through were, 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 were up uh, and at the same time the, the price received was down. Um, you know, it just reinforces our highlights, continues to further highlight uh, the pressure that's out there in the beef industry. And, you know, thankfully, I suppose, attending some of the local mass, uh, there is a degree of, of buoyancy and confidence in the months ahead. Uh, when those younger cattle come to finish or indeed to be sold on for further feeding. People spoke about the tsunami of calves arriving, the amount of calves being born, etc. But that situation, has the situation regarding calves, has that eased at all in terms of finding some place for those calves to go and bearing in mind the, the welfare situation which is always to the fore in farmers' minds? 
It certainly has jumped on. It's ironic. We would have anticipated that there was going to be a significant jump in the numbers on for export. Um, I suppose the reality of it is that it's quite clear that uh, the figures would indicate that we're back and well back, maybe 33 to 40 percent back uh, on numbers exported. And the majority of that is due to the inclement weather conditions that we had, where precaution was taken from an animal welfare and a human welfare point of view, not to put ships with stock at sea uh, during turbulent uh, wind times. Uh, you know, but there seems to be a degree of buoyancy out there amongst far- Irish farmers. Uh, throw their, hat, their finger into the ring and, and, and tell him to purchase some of these calves also. I suppose it's fair to say, John, if you were to reflect on the guys who bought calves last spring, uh, they had a handsome reward and a just reward for their investment, both financially and in time, uh, if they were to sell their stock late in 2019 or indeed early 2020. So, you know, there are farmers out there at this stage who are turning to specialising in calf rear, keeping the animal for one year, maybe 14 months, and then selling them on for, for grass. Uh, and further feeding. Brexit, how you see it, and sustainability, the prospects for sustainability. Well, I suppose, John, you know, when when they talk about sustainability, the vast majority of those um, highly educated people, they forget to talk about the economic sustainability that's needed as well. And that's a prerogative of ICMSA is that, you know, farm families need to be economically viable, they need to be sustainable. And if they were economically sustainable, all other avenues of, or routes of sustainability environmentally and socially would be fulfilled uh, it's absolutely critical that the economics add up as we as we look forward brexit brexit is still a huge challenge that's out there john um you know we don't know who, even who our negotiating team is going to be uh, as part of the european negotiating team going forward uh, but our wish remains the same and our demand remains the same that status quo or as near to status quo as possible uh needs to be maintained from an Irish perspective, uh, given our dependence on the UK market for both cheese and particularly for beef. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Pat McCormack, ICMSA, National President, Irish Creamy Milk Supplier Association. Thank you, Pat, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Discrepancies in the cost of County Council development contributions for agricultural buildings is surveyed in an article in this week's Irish Farmers Journal. Author Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal, looks at the situation. Hannah, welcome to the programme. Now, the variation, the huge variation in development fees for farms. Your article, page 12 of the journal, Saturday, 7th of March. It's an interesting one. A lot of farmers listening will be aware that, say, if they're building a house, they have to apply for planning permission and usually have to pay a fee with that. Um, and that they also might be aware they have to pay a development contribution charge um, that goes towards maybe hooking them up to the water supply or else road infrastructure or that kind of thing. So for uh, agricultural buildings, there's actually a development charge as well. So a lot of farmers aren't aware of this, that when they're building their shed, they might have put in for their planning permission and paid for that, but then they might not realise they're going to get hit with a development contribution charge as well, and it can go up into the thousands. But the thing about it is that the development contribution charge is completely different for every single county in Ireland. So some counties will have no contribution charge at all, and other counties then it can it, it varies hugely. So say if you were a farmer who had uh, land in uh, Limerick and Tipperary straddling the, the, straddling the two counties, you'd be better off building a shed in Limerick on your Limerick side of your land than your Tipperary side of your land because there's no contribution charge in Limerick for building sheds. Going back to your article in the journal, the analysis there, Cork, no contribution charge, Limerick, no contribution charge, but there could be other charges. 
Yeah, and I think the important thing about Cork is there might be no contribution charge, say, if you're a suckler or a dairy farmer. There is a contribution charge for intensive agriculture. And what comes in under intensive agriculture is, uh, is poultry and pig units as well. So I actually did hear of a case in Cork where a pig farmer wanted to expand his operation and he was looking at a bill that was running into over 50,000 in a contribution charge fee because for intensive agriculture the fee is much higher as well so usually it might be five euro per meter squared the contribution charge for intensive agriculture in cork that's over nine euro per meter squared so that person was actually put off building their shed altogether Um, and that that, that has a huge detrimental impact as well when you consider the work that 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 farmer would be bringing to the area in the building work that he might be doing and also just adding to the local economy as well so you know contribution charges talking to farmers they all agree that it's something that needs to be looked at either that it needs to be scrapped completely or that it needs to be regulated across the across the country and you have feedback from farmers uh, right across the country suckler farmer in kildare shocked at the way the system works a poultry farmer waterford says it's hard to believe the system a dairy farmer kenny a bit blunt, he says it's a bit stupid. A pig farmer in Kerry feels he's being penalised. So, feedback and farmers' views on page 12 in the journal. Each county council can also decide what what is intensive. So, usually intensive might just be a piggery or a poultry unit. But actually in Roscommon, what they've done now is they've classed some dairy buildings as being intensive. So, imagine if, da- if building for a dairy became intensive uh, in Cork or in Limerick, you know that would have a huge detrimental impact on you know building. And we all know that you know people and dairy farmers in particular are usually the keenest for expansion. So uh, if something if a change like that came to the development charges, and it could it potentially could because it's totally up to the county councils themselves and how they can generate funds, um, and they they could they could bring that in. So Roscommon has done that, and it's remains to be seen if another county council would pick that up. The nitrates as well. So another thing that's completely arbitrary is that, say, if you take, for example, mead, mead, the contribution charge is quite high. It's over five euro per metre squared. But if you get a letter from your stocks advisor saying that you need to build a shed to fulfill your nitrates requirement, then you get a total exemption from from the contribution charge. So that's one of the get-out-of-jail-free clauses that is in me, but it's not there in every single county. So it is, it's just completely arbitrary depending on what county you're in. And if anyone out there does have land that's straddling two counties, they should look on what county they'd be better off building their shed in before they go ahead and do it. You quote Aidan Kelly from ADPS Agri-Design and Planning Services, apparently. He says in Cork you could build an airport and it wouldn't cost you anything, but it could be a completely different story in the county next door. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And I know everyone will be doing their homework, I think. But what talking to farmers, and I have quite a lot of farmer reaction in the piece, um, I, I think a lot of them were surprised that they have to pay a development contribution fee and also a lot of them were surprised by how high the contribution fee was. And if you take, for example, I think it's Kilkenny. So if you build a shed that's just under 500 metres squared, which is a very big shed, um, you won't have to pay anything. But if you want to, say, expand on top of that shed, maybe you want a drafting area or something like that, 
then you will have to pay whatever extra surplus is over that 500 metres squared. So for one farmer, he was better off rather than he wanted to build another 500 metre squared shed. Um, but rather than connecting the two, if he built the two sheds and they were one foot apart, he didn't have to pay any extra development contribution charge because it was just under 500, both sheds were just under 500 metres squared. If he had joined the sheds, then he would have had to pay five euro per metre squared on the extra 500 metres squared. So it is really strange, you know, know, that that one foot can save him thousands of euro. Thank you, Hannah. Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal, and more examples from Hannah in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11. Thanks, Hannah, very much indeed. Thanks, John. Take care. Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Helena Sullivan, Vice Chairperson and PRO for the Cork branch of the Beef Plan Movement. Now, I understand you have had a letter published in this week's online edition of Agri Land, the Agri Magazine online. Hi, John. Yes, uh, I wrote a letter to Agri Land and they published it there. Uh, last Monday. So um, the reason why I wrote this letter was because I felt that the farmers are constantly getting an awful bashing from the media outlets, um, you know, telling everyone that uh, it's the farmers' fault, all, all of this carbon that's in the country. And I feel people are being misinformed. So that's why I wrote this letter to inform people, um, you know, of our quality prime Irish meat and also that cattle are essential to keep the soil conditioned and healthy. It's part of uh, the, the grazing regime. Um, I suppose just to highlight a few things, I suppose the main heading of my letter was um, why fix it when it's not broken? Now I understand if p- people want to become vegans, that's their own choice, but I don't think people should be pushed and I think we have a very valuable product here in Ireland and I think that actually needs to be marketed more. I suppose just to give you the first few lines of my letter there that I wrote, I wonder what will be in fashion next. Currently, veganism is very much in vogue. Unfortunately, this is at the expense of farmers' livelihoods. I am a beef farmer, and I feel we're very much under attack. Constantly be bashed by media outlets, telling us how bad red meat is for us and the environment. When in fact, there are a lot of health benefits of grass-fed meat, which include omega-3 oil, um, which is very essential for brain development, vitamin B12, which is not in plant-based burgers, 
iron and zinc to keep the immune system working properly, and high protein levels to develop a strong bone structure and to promote muscle growth. Grass-fed meat contains a large portion of the nutrients we need to survive. And of course, Helen, you are speaking as a beef farmer, you are speaking as a meat producer, but at the same time you freely admit the right of people not to eat meat, you freely admit the right of vegans to choose vegan burgers, or people who in all conscience cannot agree to animals being killed, animals being slaughtered to provide meat, leather, etc. And in that respect, you are arguing your point as a farmer, as a beef producer, but you do grant the right, freely grant the right, to people to choose veganism if they so decide. Yes, certainly. I suppose, you know, plant-based foods like burgers, vegan burgers, they're mostly made up of soybeans. And soybeans are imported from uh, countries like China and America. So here you have a huge global footprint, along with chemicals that are sprayed on these soybeans, you know, which are genetically modified. So again, I don't know how healthy that is. Um, Carbon footprint is a very big thing at the moment. Uh, All of our, most of our beef farmers here in Ireland are carbon neutral. And we know exactly where our product comes from, from uh, their birth to the day that they... uh, end up going to the slaughterhouse. So we've a full traceability. But products coming in from outside of Ireland, i.e. China, uh, to make up these vegan burgers, you know, we don't know what. We have no traceability whatsoever uh, behind those. Now, it's everybody's choice. If they want to become a vegan, that's fine. But I just feel farmers are being blamed too much. Every time you turn on the television, you'll hear, oh, it's the beef farmer's fault uh, that there's so much carbon in the world. So I think that's wrong. Uh, studies have shown that there's significant dietary deficiencies in vegan or plant-based diets um, versus a balanced diet. So we get a lot of our nutrients from the our red meat diet. Now, another thing as well, you know, there's no mention of how, um, you know, how carefully we farm here in Ireland. We're very aware of the environment. And in fact, our hedgerows, trees and grasslands sequester an awful lot of carbon, you know, and therefore cattle play a very important role here you know, they, they are needed to keep the soil healthy and conditioned. So I suppose what I was saying uh, in this letter to Argoland was, you know, why fix it when it's not broken? In my view, plant-based burgers have a higher carbon footprint and fewer health benefits than our prime quality grass-fed Irish meat. I suppose why settle for anything less when we have the best? You point out soybeans there planted in Brazil on a vast scale on land which has been cleared of forests. The livestock sector depends to a large extent on imports of soybeans from Brazil in particular and places that grow soybeans. If we're talking about a vegan burger, we have to take into account that some of those ingredients have been transported um, long distances. The amount of food miles will be very, very high. And in your letter, you point out that sometimes you'll find genetically modified glyphosate-resistant soybeans in your burger. And again, the Brazilians, uh, to a vast extent, the smaller farms have been wiped out, forests cleared for these huge multinationals to plant glyphosate-resistant soybeans. Please... Tell our listeners, Helen, where people can read your letter, Agriland, they are inviting people to write in on any topic concerned with farming. You can write in a letter to uh, Agriland. The heading of the letter is Letter to the Editor. So it's encouraging anyone that, you know, want to have their voice heard to write about a topic, let that be about beef, dairy, 
tillage, whatever, um, you know, you send it in to the uh, Agriland, it's uh, an email address I don't actually have at the moment, but if you click on www.agriland.ie, it'll bring up all the details there and you can find out the email address where you will send it. It's um, under the name letter to the editor. And I think it's important our voice is heard. And I think it's important people are informed correctly of facts and not just, you know, fiction, not just people going off on a rant and just blaming beef farmers when they don't actually have scientific facts to prove it. As you know, we produce our food to a very, very high standard here in Ireland. And I think it's imperative that our product is marketed uh, at very high levels and throughout the world. And like I said, we have the best product in the world. We just need to get it marketed. I feel we need to stop all of this negative press towards the beef farmers of Ireland. This is our livelihoods. And we play a very huge part in rural Ireland. Um, Again, I think there should be more things bought in and more incentives to uh, help the beef farmer, i.e. anaerobic digesters, which will basically convert bad gas into good gas and you can produce uh, some renewable energy, which is a very good thing going forward and it will help Ireland gain its carbon targets. Also, I feel farmers should be giving carbon credits. Um, You know, instead of bashing us the whole time, I think we should be rewarded for what we were doing. You know, a lot of people nowadays, we have the smartphones and they have a little app. They probably have the Argoland little app on their phone and they could just tap on that and that will take them directly in. And now it's a few days ago, so if they scroll away down, you'll just see a, um, a, a picture of a lovely, uh, juicy meat burger. Very um, in, uh, enticing altogether. And so that will be the picture on top of my letter. So again, scroll away down until you find it and it's on the letter to the editor section. www agriland.ie Thank you very much indeed Helen Miss Helen O'Sullivan Vice Chairperson and PRO for the Cork branch of the Beef Plan Movement Part of an interview with Helen Full interview with Helen in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11 We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Miss Sharon O'Mahony Education Officer with Chagas Knock Griffin Middleton Office in County Cork First of all, Sharon, welcome to the programme. Now, before we start our interview on farm safety, very important upcoming events, one connected to our sponsor, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society. Yes, John, just to announce that the Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme Dairy Farm on 100% leased land event next Tuesday, the 10th of March at 11am on the farm of David, Linda and Roy Dean, Ballyvinator Mallow, Postcode P51FC64. It will be signposted from Donrail to Pothouse Road and from the Castletown Road to Mallow Road. The topics include spring grazing management, protected urea, carbon front footprint, the low emission slurry spreading, and all are welcome. And just another notice. I suppose it, it behoves me, and I can't, with the topic that we're dealing with, just a mention of the ongoing um, coronavirus COVID-19. I suppose with regard to prevention, we're recommending people wash their hands well and often to avoid contamination. Um, if you have to cough or sneeze, um, do so into a tissue or into the crook of your arm, discarding the tissue and washing your hands Avoid touching eyes, nose or mouth with unwashed hands and clean and disinfect frequently um, touched objects and surfaces. Um, 
if somebody thinks they have symptoms, um, it's recommended to stay away from other people. Phone your GP or the local um, South Dock. And if you don't have a GP, phone 112 and 999. Um, alternatively, access information or advice on www.hse.ie. And hopefully um, this will help to... Um, reduce the spread. Subject of safety, everything is aimed at trying to make people more aware of why people should lose their lives on a farm. We can't forget the 2,500 non-fatal accidents that occur on Irish farms every year. They leave the victim very often with life-changing injuries that can impact both on themselves and their family members and very often on the viability of the farm going forward. Um, there's no month that you could say is a safe month to be on a farm. And um, people being trapped or crushed by machinery, being struck by a vehicle, drownings, and being struck by falling objects. So again, the I suppose the causes don't change, and unfortunately, year on year, um, the numbers don't really change, and that's very concerning. As a result of the heavy rainfall, many slurry tanks could be overflowing and there are risks, of course, when you're agitating slurry. So the impact of flooding and heavy rainfall on the region, of course, Cork has not suffered as badly as parts of the country. Cork East hasn't suffered the the worst of the weather, but it has been one of the longest winters and the most challenging springs in many years. And as a result of this, many slurry tanks are full and it's going to make the coming weeks very busy and difficult for farmers trying to catch up with farm tasks that are well overdue slurry tanks filling. However, it's at this time of the year, one in four farm accidents occur. People need to be extra vigilant. And with slurry spreading, people are also very under pressure to get the job done. And sometimes they might take risks that they would normally take when operating the slurry spreader. For example, the PTO shaft might be properly fitted or damaged, or worse still, it could be missing. And best practice, really, when you're spreading slurry is to make sure that nobody goes back into the shed for at least 30 minutes after agitation has started because of the highly dangerous um, gases such as hydrogen sulfide that are... Um, emit or that start to um, be produced once the crust is broken. Vacate the shed. There should be no stock in the shed. Doors should be open, ideally agitate on a windy day. And again, I suppose with regard to safety, be conscious that if there are children or older people around on the farm, they're generally drawn to the scene of activity, which is the possibly the open slurry tank or when slurry is being agitated. So you need to be extra vigilant um, when when you're spreading slurry because obviously people are very busy with what they're doing and they're not always taking notice of um, what's happening around them. Thank you, Sharon. Miss Sharon O'Mahony, Education Officer with Chagas, Knock Griffin, Middleton in County Cork. Some upcoming important IFA County Executive Meetings. Monday 9th of March 2020, North Cork IFA County Executive Meeting. The venue, GAA Pavilion, Mallow at 8.30. That's Monday 9th of March. Tuesday 10th of March 2020, West Cork IFA County Executive Meeting. Venue will be Parkway Hotel, Dunmanway, 8.30pm. At a national awards ceremony in Croke Park this week, Onya O'Connor, Gillian Casey and Maura Moylan from Colossia Tressa Canturk were honoured for reaching the final of the 2020 Certified Irish Angus Beef Schools competition. 
Organised by certified Irish Angus Beef, ABP and Keepak, the competition challenges students to rear five Angus calves for 18 months as part of their Leaving Certificate Agricultural Science Project. Six other groups of transition year students from Cork also attended the final of the Certified Irish Angus Schools Competition, where they were pitching to become one of the finalists for next year's competition. The Canturk students explored the theme of benefits of Irish family farming systems. Hailing from a successful school of previous finalists, the three young girls were determined to make their own impact on the competition. During their project, they had the opportunity to meet with relevant industry figures such as the Minister for Agriculture, Mr Michael Creed. They also appeared on the C103 Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme where they discussed their experience and plans for the calves. The group also hosted several successful events, such as an Angus Quiz Night and a Best Angus Competition in Canturk Mart. The conclusion of the group's findings was that, quote, putting the family at the heart of the farm is what makes Irish agriculture special and gives us our unique and competitive edge. The group were one of six finalists selected to take part in the competition over 18 months, which aims to encourage second-level students to gain an understanding about the care and attention that's required to produce and market the highest quality beef for consumers. Irish Olympic hockey star Katie Mullen was the special guest for this year's awards ceremony. Katie, who hails from a farming background and has strong family links to the agri-food industry shared her experience of growing up on a farm, detailing how this positively impacted on her career and sporting achievements through instilling her with a strong work ethic. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.